panel on RNZ National, Alexia Russell and Rwani Pereira here. Now, uh, just a word about the Brindewan Hills. Currently, State Highway 1 is open between Waipu and Brindewan, uh, but will close again in both directions from uh, midnight, sorry, 11.59pm Sunday, April 16, for two weeks uh, for slip repairs. Expect light vehicle due to a via Mangarafai and heavy vehicles. And uh, someone says, please stop disrespecting Alexia Russell regarding the perfume. I, no, I am absolutely sorry about that. I'm, I've ditched <laughs> it. It's, a, it's now on the bin. Uh, do, we, do, do we need that door open? Because we can. No, Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you just let me know if that door needs to be open. Yeah, because that dab does travel, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it, sometimes it takes a little while before it travels over. Yep. Yeah, all right. Now, tomorrow, between 11 a.m., and 1pm, tens of thousands of unionised nurses, midwives and health care assistants will rally for political action to fix what they view as a health and nursing crisis. The rally will be in all major centres from Kaitaia to Invercargill and organised by the New Zealand Nurses Organisation. This event is the first time the organisation has called for united action from its 57,000 members across hospitals to aged care facilities and kaimahi holder. To tell us more, we have the NZNO President and Active Emergency Department Nurse Anne Daniels. Anne, kia ora. Kia ora, how are you? Very, very good. So the rallies the rallies take place tomorrow from 11. Uh, first, though, as uh, an ED nurse, outline to us first what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. Uh, well, what I see when I walk in the door is patients lining the corridors with no um, monitoring equipment, um, sometimes no nurses to look after them, and queues of people out the door in the front of the triage nurse and at the back with the um, ambulance. And this is our everyday experience. And just today there were texts um, saying we have no triage or resus nurse. Uh, it's getting worse wow. and worse by the day. That is, well, how else could you describe it a crisis? Imagine, uh, let's jump, get our panel to jump in. Imagine Alexi Russell, that being your day. You wake up early in the morning, have a shower, get to work, and that being your day right through to the evening. Or, or imagine that you, first thing in the morning you cut your finger off with a chainsaw and then you mm. um, think, is there any point in me going to ED to get this fix up. Whereabouts oh. are you, Anne? Oh, it, oh, well, I'd prefer not to say because, mm. you know, on my job is as the mm. union president. But I have to say, if you cut your finger off and you were bleeding, um, we always assess you and to make sure that you've still um, got an airway breathing and circulation. And if the bleeding <laughs> stop, you'll be sitting on a chair waiting. Yes, well, that is an exact, that's a real life example, actually, because my husband spent eight hours in ED waiting to. Get yeah, his I have hand to say, though, um, these shortages of nurses are not just in the hospitals, so it's everywhere. Our aged care um, facilities are closing down because of the lack of nurses, because they can't comply with legislative requirements of having a registered nurse on, on site and available. Um, our GP practices, uh, the, our, we're starting to see a hemorrhage of mm. practice nurses going to the hospitals because um, now mm. we've got the disparities between pay and working conditions. 
which is just crazy when you think about it because this government has got a vested interest in turning illness around and actually having a health system that provides health and supports health. You can't do that if you don't have the resources and the people to do it. But, and and the, government, the government would say that they have put billions into the health system in comparison to you know previous governments. What is the crux of the problem? Is it still more billions are needed or is it that overseas is more attractive? Where do you see the key issue? Well, you know, you will always need more money. It's about how you do things and why you do things and what the priorities are. This government says its priority is to actually... Um, reduce the need for hospitals by actually creating a healthier um, nation. And to do that, you have to look at what contributes to ill health. Um, and that's where you need to put the money. Our Murray and Pacifica peoples have got um, poor health because of the social determinants of health. That's poor housing, poor education, lack of opportunity to actually get um, well-paying jobs, and it goes on. Those are things that are absolute policy requirements. They actually need a government that is willing to actually act on those things. Um, yes, you will always need money, but we actually need to put it where it's needed. Mm, Rwani. Well, I'm struck that, you know, the, the similarities, and between New Zealand and NHS. You know, they're, they're striking at the moment. They've rejected deals. Um, and, and you'd think after everything we've been through and who's, um, you know, worked like so hard and, and been strained so hard over the last few years, you'd think that this would be a no-brainer. But um, and what what I wanted to ask was, um, you know, do you feel like when we're six months out from an election, do you feel like this government is your last ditch chance to try and get this, or are you hopeful no. that maybe a change of government would, yeah, help? No, no, I, I, you know, I know there's politics behind all of this, but the fact is that every um. A, a party, whether it be National Act, um, the Greens and Labour, they all have a responsibility and have to be accountable for the health and welfare and well-being of our nation, individually, families, communities. So it doesn't really matter what government uh, is in power. They need to mm. actually be held accountable for actually doing the work that needs to be done, and that's putting the money where it needs to go. And we need to have the right people in the right place um, to deliver that care in a timely way to prevent the demands that we are currently seeing in the hospitals. Clearly, as you've outlined, pretty understandable, isn't it? Uh, now, regarding the pathway to Australia, let's discuss that a bit because I see, I mean, the figures are quite something, aren't they? 5,000 nurses have registered to work in Australia since last August. They're pretty big sums there, and, and needless to say, that would have a, a, a big effect on the workforce here. Why is Australia so attractive? Can you outline to our listeners what's happening there that's not being done here? Well, first of all, I have to acknowledge that there are nursing shortages right throughout um, the whole world. Uh, we're talking um, millions of nurses that are not at the, where they should be at work because um, they have just been burnt out. They have been tired. They, they were literally used up during COVID. And that is because the shortages were well and truly evident well before COVID. Why are the, our nurses going to Australia? The issues are still there. 
They are short of nurses as well. But there are a few differences. The pay is still a lot better. If you are a... um, a nurse who works on short-term contracts, you will get paid extremely well. And I, I was very recently sent a pay sheet by one of my ex-colleagues who now does six-week contracts over there, and I nearly died. I thought, oh, my God, I should resign and start working over in Australia. Um, mm. and, and the fact is they have nurse-patient ratios over there that are legislated, except for in New South Wales, and they're... they're working really hard to get that over the line. And what that means, and that this is what we're about tomorrow with our rallies, is that they know that they can go to work and they are not the only individual who is responsible for keeping their patients safe. The um, employer is, the government is, it's not just on the nurse's shoulders. The stress of having to deal with the fact that you're trying to do too much with too little time, too few resources and and not enough um, uh, full team members is just awful. And that's what we've got in New Zealand and that's the difference. Very interesting. And before you go, uh, and do you think that there has been a fundamental undervaluing of nurses and health professionals over time? Because really, this issue doesn't go back just years, does it? It goes. It can even go back okay. decades. Yeah, okay. yeah. I I believe that is um, for nurses. I believe it is gender discrimination, which we're still fighting to this very day, despite the legislation that was done back in what was it, the nineteen eighties. Unbelievable that we're actually having to fight our own government in court, and it just um, reflects for me that the legislation is not fit for purpose. We need to make it much easier to actually make visible the issues in the pay gaps um, regarding women, um, and in this case, nurses. But we're also undervalued because people don't value caring. Doctors care, social workers care, um, all our allied health people are there to actually help and support our um, communities. So we need to put caring right up there as a priority for everybody. Health is everybody's business. We don't value caring. Uh, 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 NZNO president, uh, the New Zealand Nurses Organisation president and active ED nurse Anne Daniels. Thank you very much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you very much. The rally will be between tomorrow, uh, between 11am and 1pm tomorrow, and uh, that'll be across uh, the country. Do you reckon that's true? Do you reckon we don't value caring? She's 100% right. You know, and this spreads to teachers as well. The feminine yeah. qualities, the female occupations are wildly undervalued. And every time you look at, okay, well, all public servants should be paid the same, the police will say, yeah, but we're under attack. We're getting shot at. And, you know, they both save lives. But for some reason, the police work is far more valued than nursing work or teaching work. Yeah. Ruani? I just, I just say um, I'm constantly amazed that um, my friends with uh, children, you know, leaving school and everything are, are, are going into teaching and nurses, nursing professions. I'm still always amazed. It's like um, I can't believe, you know, um, and, and, yeah, they absolutely deserve every single penny they earn. We don't value caring 
in this country, mm. says Anne Yannis. What do you think? Text me, 2101. Is uh, Anne correct or not? Now, once upon a time, childhood was all about a bit of rough and tumble. We all scraped our knee, tripping over a pavement, or maybe even broke a bone climbing a tree. All part of growing up, they said, but should it be? The popular, very popular, Little River Campground on Banks Peninsula announced that it may not even reopen later this year due to safety concerns that a visitor raised. The campground has said that they were never the most safety-conscious campground, but that was part of what made them. <laughs> With us is Little River Campground co-owner Marcus Puntina. Kia ora, Marcus. Kia ora, how are you? I'm very well. So here you are. You wanted to create a, a campground, the sort, of, sort of like what they had in the 1970s. Um, and guess what? It's become extraordinarily popular. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is, um, um, uh, uh, what would you say, um, the, yeah, the, the success of it has, has been maybe its downfall as well. And that maybe too oh. many people know about it and the wrong person has um, come here. And and um, made a complaint, um, which is everyone's right. But um, we do we do have a, a policy when when people arrive. My first thing is enjoy your stay, enter at your own risk, and supervise your children at all times. Which often people laugh at, and it's like, well, you know, that your kids are running wild, having a great time, but. Um, they're not our responsibility completely. Okay, so it's enormously popular, and you've got almost near unanimous support. But um, this is not the 1970s. This is 2023. Kids got to be kept safe, and you're jolly near a hundred meter water slide going down that hill. That looks damn dangerous. Well, yeah, it, it, it uh, looks, dangerous, it, it, not it fun. Dangerous. Or it looks fun too, but it's dangerous. Yeah, what we we call it, um, back to basics fun. Uh, oh. We we would say that it is. Um, it looks a lot more dangerous than it is. Um, and there, uh, you'll get three-year-olds coming down it, even, um, and younger kids on, on parents' knees. Um, and they might be terrified at the top. By the time they get to the bottom, they're running straight back up to the top again. So it is, we, we believe that we're trying to um, push kids' boundaries a bit, give them um, a, a safe environment to live a little dangerously. Oh, what do you reckon about that? This is 2101. Is this just running wild or is this something to this? Uh, Alexia Russell, would you go down that slide? Oh, well, probably not now, but in the past, absolutely. I mean, and also I feel that if a board walk's rotten, you should try and probably fix that. But, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we were talking about this last night. We had a family dinner last night. My youngest sister was basically left in charge of my father while my mother was a night nurse. And she would be, you know, tied to bicycles and tied onto boats. And um, what? <laughs> she, would be, she was sort of dragged out and she got to do all the exciting things because she had very little supervision. And, um, you know, we treated like her like a living doll, basically. And that's how she grew up to be an Olympic cocker goalkeeper. <laughs> Oh really? You know, you, there you go. Yeah. You, okay. You've got to th- you throw these kids at the deep end, and they learn resistance. Uh, but do they? I mean, that's an, that's 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 well, just. You wouldn't a, let Wallace, just, Wallace go down that slide. Uh, he probably would. He's a, he's a he's a little danger monkey. That's what worries me. He's a total danger monkey. But I'm not. But I Rawani. think kids have this automatic. They have this kind of their own safety catch. Like most listen, of them. Listen, listen. No. Oh how far they can push themselves. All right, I'll uh, get Romani. 
some some especially boys I would say uh, don't I don't I wouldn't agree Alexia but um, <laughs> Marcus do parents you know I mean I, I, I'm flabbergasted you know it's it's um, I applaud you know your uh, campground I think it's fantastic we're always talking about getting kids off devices and that kind of thing and yeah it was a very non you know uh, you know it's very back in the day kind of um, establishment you're trying to run but um, is there any kind of waiver that parents have to sign or anything like that before they come to your campground? Well, well we, we send out, yeah, when, when people book in, we do send a, a whole list of, of um, yeah, the, our rules and regulations, which seems um, pretty boring, but uh, it may cover us, uh, cover us in some ways. So, so some, some, the people that come here and, and, you know, from the reading the support, well, I didn't realise we had um, quite the, the passionate uh, guest crowd that um, follow us on Facebook and so forth there. You've got passion. Marcus, let me just tell you right now, you've got massive support and I'm getting all the hate mail. It's just constant hate mail for me. Um, (laughs) It's just shocking. Uh, Not a good Friday for me. This is what kids need, Wallace. We money coddle them way too much and they now have no resilience. Managed risks and fun outdoors are so important. Stop stirring, Wallace. We all survived the 70s, for goodness sake, but the thing is we didn't. Some of us didn't. And I can recall, Marcus, the shocking... Shocking uh, jungle gyms, this is Monorua, uh, in the 70s. If you fell, you fell into hard concrete. Oh, yes. Yeah, someone was mentioning yeah. that. On the, they had an in-ground trampoline with concrete all around the um, outside of it as well. <laughs> so we're not, we're not that bad. We do have safety measures in place. Um, but, you know, for, for example, um, we, the campground has a, a beautiful little stream running through it, which is full of rocks, which is great for rock hopping. But all you've got to do is stand on a slippery rock and you're on your bum and oh God. Um, potentially no, um, break a wrist or, or no. whatever. And, and it's, but, it's, it's unacceptable. Us, it's like, where, do, where do our responsibilities but, but, lie? No, unacceptable. Yeah. Rewinding. I just wondered, um, Marcus, what's the worst uh, accident you've had here? Oh, you really want to go into details? Go on. <laughs> they, they, we've had a, a, a broken, um, and this is over 15 years, and thousands yeah. of kids come in here. Uh, we've had a broken uh, a compound fracture on someone coming off the trampoline that bounced on the trampoline, then didn't bend their knees when they jumped off. So um, I, I don't know what you do about that. Um, and then uh, we have had uh, one recently on the slippery slides. Since that accident, um, that was a dislocated knee, a severe accident. Um, we've closed the slides until until further notice. And, and this is where we're coming from. It's like it's easier yeah. for us just to close things down because kids enjoy it and, and we, we love you know um, providing these things but it, it is like well even with people signing waivers and that sort of thing we most probably are still liable and uh, so to, to mm-hmm. what, what the works um, safety thing is all about is sort of mitigating risks and so if we took away all of the fun we would also be mitigating those risks. Alright well you've got a lot of support here Marcus. Uh, Michelle says, uh, Kia ora Wallace, we camped at Little River uh, with two of our kids. Um, awesome place. Marcus is right about parents needing to supervise their kids. Too often parents want to pass responsibility on to others. It's their holiday too. Wake up parents, you chose to have their your children. It's 24-7, oh. says Michelle, mum of three, Ooh. which is okay. So that's, uh, 
That's one text. Marcus, all the best for the campground and uh, be, be in touch with the panel on what happens. Oh, hey, thank you very much for your time. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to, to um, fill people in on, on what it's all about. It's a pleasure. Uh, that is Marcus uh, Puntina of Little River Campground, deemed too dangerous. Um, just a disclaimer, a little footnote. I'm not going to lie. The slide does look fun. <laughs> So you you put Junior there, wouldn't you? Let Junior have a play. See, I'm I'm so confused. How much does all that cotton wool cost you every month for little Junior? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Good on you. Twenty seven past. That's a good burn for the perfume, Alexia. Yeah. Inappropriate. Twenty seven past four. The panel RNZ National. (laughs) Now, when you pick up the paper in Wellington, no longer will you be picking up the Dom Post or the Dom or the Dominion Post. Uh, it'll be the Post. Wellington had the morning paper, the Dominion, and the evening paper, the Post. Competition was fierce, but eventually merged in 2002 to the Dominion Post, now owned by Stuff. This is ahead of further expected changes. And we have two journalists on the panel, Alexia Russell and Ruana Pereira, and I thought, let's get their view on this. Uh, editor Caitlin Cherry said, as an independently owned New Zealand company, we are under no one's dominion. New Zealand's status as a dominion ended in 1945 when we joined the UN. It's time for the word to go. Agree or disagree, Rwani? Um, Look, I love the way they're changing things up. Obviously, I mean, we're hearing rumours that they might go behind a paywall, maybe some of their content, um, like the Herald. Um, And, yeah, applaud their kind of rebranding and fresh take, but I think, um, you know, for those of us that have grown up with it, it's going to be a hard um, name change for us to get our heads around. Well, that's the, do, that's, do you that, not think? Well, I, well, I'm asking you, and that's what I'm asking, yes. uh, Alexia, what are the yes. legacy? the post, what, the post. What, what do you yeah. lose with a distinctive sound? Will they regret it? Is it like, no. is it like She Hard changing the name to Pacifier <laughs> and then going, whoops, we're actually She Hard? That's what it's going no, to be like, isn't it? I mean, no, everybody's saying, oh, the Dominion, we're not a Dominion, blah, blah. It's not, it's not the reason. The reason is because they merged the Evening Post with the Dominion. That's right. And they couldn't Correct. call it the Post Correct. because there was a big battle about who was gaining supremacy when they merged those two papers. So they had to put both names in the head, in the title. That's right. And now it's many years later, everyone's forgotten about that, and now we can just call it the Post. If they'd done that at the beginning, there would have been outrage from the Dominion staff. So it's just... It's yes. Just, it's just a timeline of It's a, t- a timeline of changes, yeah. yeah. But the Dominion Post, uh, as Colin Peacock said, you don't change a masthead easily. And to Ryan's point, you've got an, mm. you've got an inbuilt audience there. Uh, is it a dangerous move? Uh, like no, like, so. like Shehard, changing the pacifier. <laughs> I think it was a bigger move, you know, moving two papers into one. Yeah. <laughs> Comparatively speaking, yeah. I think, you know, people will wear it. Um, and I had an alternative of the stuff post. <laughs> post no? stuff. No, not, not catching on? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I was thinking for 10 seconds about that. Um, on, a, on another <laughs> note, before we go, what I found extraordinary about this story was um, centres often had two papers. One in the morning, yeah. and one in the evening. Is this new to you? No, it's not. It's not new can to me. No, because I, I can even recall. I think it was the Nelson. They had, they had the Nelson Evening Mail. Yeah, at even a town the size of thirty five thousand. Then, well, I used to work at the Auckland Star, Daily Departed. Yeah, 
afternoon paper. Mm. Oh, long, long yeah. time ago. Very good. All right. Um, a huge response uh, to uh, today's topics, uh, particularly the camp down, campground safety. Uh, and uh, are we undervaluing? Do we care? Are we a, are we a, a nation of carers anymore regarding uh, the rally tomorrow, the New Zealand Nurses Organisation? But it is 4.30. You're on Friday's panel. And what does that mean? It means Power Ballad Friday. That very soon, 